The following is the audio version of a video released at peakprosperity.com. Visit peakprosperity.com to watch the video and to find other insightful content such as articles, discussion forums, and exclusive subscriber-only content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Peak Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Martinson, and today, super special guest here in our Chester studio. Really good friend who I'm meeting, honestly, for the first time in person, Dave Collum. He writes the Year in Review, which is the number one year in review. You can find that every year at Peak Prosperity towards the end of the year. And uh, now we have Dave in the studio. So let's get started. Dave, welcome. It's so, so good so to have you here. It is a treat. We go back 20 years, as, yeah. as I pointed out, 20, almost 20 years and, and to finally meet. Someone, someone said that Tesla charts, I think, said, you know, I have friends on Twitter who I've never met. Mm. Right? So, so It's true. It is true. Yeah, it is true. I mean, we've almost met. I mean, we've talked a lot. And, oh, we've done a lot of podcasting things. We've done podcasts together. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is cool. I hardly even know where to start, though. Uh, <laughs> the bottom. So, the all right. bottom. Well, I'll tell you, I watched this video the other day uh, with Livio and Evie, and we were watching. It's called Mass Psychosis. Mm-hmm. And it's it was this sketch animation thing. Very well done. And you thought of Dave. That's what said. I got to have Dave on, on mass psychosis. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to go to the individual level to understand the large. So right. let's talk individual psychosis. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah it's, exactly. no, what caught me was it just framed perfectly where we are today mm-hmm. and that there are people who might as well be telling us there are witches mm-hmm. or that there are really bad people, you know, um, in France who would heads have to come off and then the next layer and the next. And we there's mm-hmm. this thing people do, which is we go crazy. Right. From time to time. I feel like we're in crazy town. Um, you're one of the sane people. But what is going, what do you, from a, you track this from a big perspective. <laughs> a couple questions. Is it fun anymore? And- no. I can tell you that right now. It's not fun anymore. It's really, it's a kind of a terrible, as a scientist, as you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's like being put in a round room and told to sit in the corner when you're <laughs> getting data fed to you that's not valid. You know it's not valid and you don't know how to, you don't know who to believe and 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 you can get in an argument with someone and you can quote something and realize that you could be wrong right and so there's just there's just it's a it's a desperate situation for for someone who's trying to make sense of the world and trying to use valid data yeah and uh, so I just listen to you and hope you got it right. That's what I do. Well, I get it wrong from time to time, but I'm happy to correct it when I do. I mean, right. that's science for me. That was always science. That is science. Mo- Let me tell you, people don't know this. I mean, I, as a scientist, most of my experiments did not go the way I was hoping. Uh, my entire career is that way. So I went into a field where people thought they kind of understood it, but they knew it was really complicated. So they didn't think they had the details right. And and it's been 40 straight years of of uh, of of disrupting levels of discovery. And it, it's not that this is some Nobel Prize in the making, it's not, but it, I do have my, my niche that's unique too. And, and, and as recently as two days ago, something got thrown in our face and I go, I just wouldn't have seen that coming. And that just happens over and over again. And so th- the problem is, is that works fine as long as your data is valid. If your data is valid, then you can't, possibly create a self-consistent model because because you can't say okay i know that a and b and c are true therefore uh the conclusion is that d must be true but if a and b and c are in doubt then then you got nothing you can't work with it and so that's where you and i are both stuck i think yeah the so for me the data is fairly easy to come by at least on on some levels right so 
But I also am, I'm human, so the anecdote really speaks strongly to me. Mm -hmm. You want to know my personal good anecdote? Good story. It's a good story. Yeah. So this is an anecdote I have a hard time getting around. I'm in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I only know peripherally of one person in town who died from COVID, mm -hmm. right? And I don't, nobody in my personal friend network has even gotten a bad run of it. This is right. everybody. However, there are two people in my family, one of whom died, one of whom got a stroke within a week of getting their second jab. I didn't know that. So from a statistic standpoint, it's just a little odd mm -hmm. that 600,000 people have died from this thing. I don't know any of them. And only a few thousand people have been harmed. And I know two of them right. from the jab. Right. So, so that's my personal anecdote says something is not lining up here in my personal mm -hmm. story. Well, that's interesting because my wife had a friend die in her sleep. And the, the, the mathematical problem is, is that during the peak of the vaccination, I went and dug up some demographic data and it basically said between age 70 and 100 in the United States, 200,000 people a month will die. So during the peak of the vaccination, you could say, well, that 200,000 in that month, probably 30% of them got vaccinated, which means ballpark 60,000 families think their parents got killed by the vaccination. Correct. And But at the same time, there's times where you look and you go, but they just died. It just doesn't make sense. So they died of something very odd. And so mm -hmm. my wife had a friend who was not that old. She texted someone at 1.30 in the morning and then didn't wake up at seven. And I said, you gotta get them to do an autopsy. I used to work for a pathologist of the kind that carves bodies up. And, uh, and you gotta find out what happens. That's why you do autopsies. And they didn't, of course. And there's almost no autopsies done of, of post COVID. There's a German pathologist who did about 40 and said that the very high percentage looked like they were uh, killed by the vaccine based on clotting properties and stuff yeah. like that. So, so we're not tracking the putative vaccine dust. And we also know that they're not getting reported because doctors are dismissive, right? You know full well that, that you say, my mother died last night and the doctor says, oh, it's not the vaccine. They, they, that's their just knee jerk response. I don't think any doc is going to say, oh, we should check into it. I think it's the vaccine, right? No doc's going to do that. So, so they're not being followed up. Yeah, but why, why would the doctor not do that? Uh, they're in their own little hive, mm -hmm. right? They're in their own little world. And I think most people, you and I have a natural tendency to go down the rabbit hole. And I think most people don't. I think there's, first and foremost, I think there's a gender bias on that. I think women don't like to go down the rabbit hole like men do, because I think women their sort of being is more about making the world safe and mm -hmm. men are out picking bar fights, right? Mm -hmm. So it, 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 it's a different different kind of a mindset. And so I think men naturally go down. And then I think there's a lot of people who, who are rattled by their worldview getting shaken. And so it's a lot easier to just say, everything's just normal. I don't need to worry about it. And I look and I just smell corpses. It's just a kind of a natural instinct of mine. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. As I said at one point, I'm, I'm attracted to foul odors. And, uh, and I, I, I can look at almost anything and find the questions. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, the vaccine is certainly one of them. And, and, and then the thing that's just got me spooked beyond belief is the, the oppressive Stalin level push to get vaccinated. The, that, that's, the yeah. part, that's the part where you go, there's something so wrong with this picture. That, that, this is not about our health. If it was about our health, they'd be saying, look, we really think you ought to get vaccinated. And if it's about the health of the vaccinated people, I go, you're, you're 
your story is inconsistent, right? If they're vaccinated, they're fine. And if they're not fine, then the vaccine didn't work. So why should I get it, right? There's this crazy- well, no, if they really cared about our health, right? We would have already been lectured to endlessly about losing weight. That's exactly exercise, right. Getting exercise, right? Taking outside, vitamin D, taking right? Taking vitamin D. Right, right, right. Like these are all things with provable health benefits. So, so for Biden to come out and say, listen, you can get your free shot. They're free. They're everywhere. They're free. Where's the free government handout of insulin? People need that real bad. Right. Where's the free handout of right. vitamin D, right? But, but it really the, is the, so it's not the about bludgeoning, the, the bludgeoning. So, yes. And the, the sense of ur urgency to the level of panic that they can't get people vaccinated. And so they're saying, you know, overtly saying we have to make the lives of the unvaccinated miserable. They're, mm -hmm. they're saying this and I'm going, yep. oh boy, you know, so what's the subplot, right? I'm missing something. There's something like mm -hmm. when your teenager comes home and there's a dent in the car and they start making up some story about some dog that ran in front of them and you go, yeah, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I think that you dented the car. You probably had some beer in you, um, right? So I, the story isn't adding up to me. Yeah, it, it doesn't add up. So, I mean, if we can clearly say it's not about public health, right? we then are left with, it has to be about something else. Uh, so it gets complicated. It does get complicated quick. But but here's something I know is is that um, the people in power, they've been the same cast for a long time. The mm -hmm. so-called the swamp, right? So you mm -hmm. got your neocons. And here's what I know about the neocon crowd. And this could include Macron in France. This includes, you know, Rumsfeld from a time Trudeau. ago, Trudeau, right? Here's what I know about them. Uh, they only have one direction. It's forward. They never go in reverse. And right. when they feel threatened, and by threatened, this means you haven't done exactly what they wanted you to do. They just double down. And if that doesn't work, they triple down. That's right. what I know about this cast of characters, right? right. They have an operating model, right? right? So it turned out this cast of characters was in power and they said, oh, Iraq is a huge threat to the world. They have weapons of mass destruction. And the world started to say even before the United no, States shock and awed them. No, they, they said, don't. well, maybe they don't. Right, Scott Ritter was out there saying, I don't think so. Maybe and not. boy, did he get hammered. Yeah. Yeah, and next thing you know, um, you know, we shock and on, we kill by some estimates a million Iraqis, Easily. and there's no consequence for that. Right. There's yeah. no nobody lost a job, nobody, nobody's bank account suffered, let alone went to jail. None of that happened. Right. So, so when Biden, the yeah, problem was, with ugh. Biden is a is a is a disreputed spokesperson. So um, he can say anything and the average person can say yes, but he's crazy. So, you know, so we've got an, a president who's who's crazy. Mm -hmm. We've had presidents who committed mass war crimes. We have presidents who late night comedians make jokes about being um, having sex with underage girls and having a, a, a death list, a fatality list, Clinton, Clinton kill list, right? Mm -hmm. Which is something like 160 people, right? I'm sure that 160 is the wrong number, but I'm, I, I had to bet a paycheck. I'd say it wasn't zero. Mm -hmm. And 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 we somehow shake it all off. And so um, I don't know how far you have to go back. You know, I thought George Sr. did pretty well, but he was the head of the CIA, so you got to wonder about him. Mm -hmm. um, I think Eisenhower was okay. I think Carter was fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think Reagan, everything he did, he, he thought was correct. I don't believe the others did that. I think Reagan thought he was correct. Forget about whether it was the, the good idea or bad, but I think he believed. Mm -hmm. Give me a president who believes. I'm okay with it. I think they'll probably get it right. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think we have believers. I don't think that we have people who, who are doing what they think should be done. Yeah, so... I have a larger model for this, which includes where we are in the resource story in the world. But but let's back up a second. Which I like your model, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about it then. So, but science, right? I think part of why I do what I do right now is I'm just offended as a scientist. 
Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not saying I was the best scientist in the world, but I did what I did. I formed mm-hmm. hypotheses. I ran experiments. Mm-hmm. I learned that very often what you think was going to be is not true. And, and so mm-hmm. I became facile with this idea that you form a hypothesis, you hold it lightly. And if the data doesn't stack up, right. you either conducted the experiment wrong, which right. so you have to look at your methods, right. or the data is telling you something true, which means you have to adjust, or it confirms what you thought. And now you can start to add to that knowledge. Right now, we have people principally on the left saying we have to follow the science, which means we have to put masks on children in school. And I'm and I'm just, <laughs> just over here going following the science at just, all. But just yeah. show me the papers. Well, just right. give me give me the give me the papers. And, and then they say, oh no, it's not that, but it's just logical that you know you, the mask stops some of the particles, and that's a good thing. I'm like okay, but that's a that's a deductive, logical process, and that's okay right. if we want to follow that. But there's a lot of things we could do down that path, but it's not science. That that's a that's a, a a deductive process that may or may not be accurate. Right. But still, there's this religiosity about it all, and that's what scares me. Is we have people bandying about the club mm-hmm. of science, when it feels no different to me than somebody saying she's a witch. I know she's a witch because she went out into a field last week and did something with plants, and then we had that. Remember that storm? Right. Right after she did it. Right after she did it. Mm-hmm. Burn her. Right. Well, the science is the red flag for us, right? As soon as someone uses the phrase, the science, I go, oh, shields up, right? Because there is no such thing as the science. Mm -hmm. The science is is a rhetorical device to try to shut you down. The other one includes peer review. Mm -hmm. Oh, right, right, right. And the other one includes, you know, double blind study. Um, a vast, vast, vast percentage of not only science, but medicine has been done without double-blind studies. Yep. But they, as soon as there's some argument they can make where they said, well, that's not backed by a double-blind study. And you go, yeah, but but Einstein kind of has the equations to show this, right? We don't have a double-blind study. But so the double-blind study, the, when I hear the term gold standard, my, mm-hmm. my skin crawls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Pierre Corey said it really well when he said, you know, you, you give a person ivermectin and they rally after treating a lot of people. And he says, you, you give the next patient ivermectin and they rally. And he says, after four or five of those, you, you don't need a double blind study. You know, mm-hmm. it's working. And that, that's absolutely correct. That's like, you know, I, I dropped a brick on my foot, it hurt. I did it again, it hurt. I, you know, it's starting to correlate. Mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the double blind study has been used as a barrier because A, they're hard to do, and B, um, the authorities refuse to do them. But C, even if you do them, we have all the data which says that, wouldn't you know it, 90% of the time when a double-blind RCT is run by pharma, it comes out in favor of of the finding they wanted to find. I'm so shocked. I'm so shocked. (laughs) Shocked face. Shocked shocked Pikachu. Yeah, like like for those who are not not as familiar with this, but there was an Alzheimer's study this year, right? Mm -hmm. And oh, the yeah. FDA took a peek at it, and Aduhelm, I think that was called. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a biogen, right? Yeah. And and eleven out of the twelve FDA investigators, who I was assured by one of my former students, who's been on the FDA panels, that these guys were the gold standard, right? The gold standard. <laughs> yeah. And and eleven out of twelve said no efficacy, and the twelve said I'm not sure, and it got cleared. Mm-hmm. Right, fifty-six ha, grand ha, a year. So so of the three-letter agencies, now we've we've. If you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said the CDC were top shelf. They're yeah. now, they, they should be disbanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now the FDA is looking sketchy as hell. I used to think they were too conservative. They've obviously lost that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a $56,000 a year drug. So you go, okay, there's some money talking there. Um, 
So, so on the FDA around ivermectin, they, they've come out with this thing that's been repeated endlessly where they mm -hmm. said um, some people have been harmed by overdosing on horse paste, which is the ivermectin. Yeah, murder, right? I know. And so I said, some is not a I number. Think so it's I've a different been, kind of horse paste. I've been though. going at them. I've been, I've been emailing them and saying, how many is some? Right. Show me that's, one yeah. actual case report. Inside sources. Right. So you would think, though, that if there was actually one legitimate thing, remember there was this case of this this guy who died from taking hydroxy fish tank cleaner, they called it. Hydroxy, I remember the, back about a year ago, a year and a half ago, yeah. Right? So I went on a chat board, though, where some people said, hey, I know this guy. He was an engineer. He never would have done that. By the way, he got in with this woman about three years ago. Right. And she is just a piece of work, right? <laughs> and his friends are all like, this needs to be investigated. Because, you know, when men kill their spouses, they tend to do it fairly violently. Right. And the women poison them. The women poison them. They don't like to hurt the body. Right. They, they said, this guy never would have put a spoonful of fish tank cleaner and drank it. Never. Not, and just not for his your type. viewers, if I ever commit suicide, I can guarantee you the manifesto I would leave uh -huh. would be so obviously mine. Yes. There's no way I'm going quietly. And so, so if, if I, if I disappear, if I commit suicide, it's just, you know, he, he was troubled. A lot of people uh, do in Ithaca. Yeah. Here. Well, you thing. know, uh, if I commit suicide, I guarantee you, if there's no manifesto that's, that's, that's classic column material, then, then I didn't do it. <laughs> just for the record, just, just for the record. And but for the record, I'm also not thinking about it either. All right. Well, we have to state these things. Yeah, these things, I, know, I know. I know. Disclaimer, no suicide today. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, it is we, you know, so the science has clearly been bastardized. And the thing that's hard for me is that um, go to the Sweden Ministry of Health mm -hmm. and they're not they're not they're not having any trouble with the science. Right? right. They're like, hey, natural immunity confers the highest grade of immunity. So if you've already provably had covid, you don't have to wear a mask. And by the way, you can go hang out. As so long why as you are want. they not influenced? That's the question. Why, what, what are the Swedes? They're, they're not masking their kids. They're like, no, we no, looked no. At it but the question is, to the extent that we're creating this hive model of craziness, right? Yeah, yeah. Why is it there's these pockets of insurrectionists? Let's use a modern term. Insurrectionists who are saying we're not following your rules. Why is Sweden not playing, playing along? So I'm having trouble with the higher part of the story, which is what's the axis of control? Because, you know, people are like, oh, pharma's so powerful, but, but it's not powerful enough. That's to right. Do what I'm seeing happen. That's exactly right. That's it's my not theory. That people say it's about the money or it's about the control. And I said, that's like someone saying, why is California having a drought? Someone's saying, not enough rain. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm going, okay, okay, why is there no rain? Right? Well, well, so here's the model. So, one thing I trust about politicians is they love power and popularity. So, right. there's this mayor in Porto Valise in Brazil, which is a hot pocket of messiness, right? But this one mayor who has an MD degree said- Sounds like a, a, a travel brochure by yeah. that description, but go ahead. So there it is, a place I would visit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm going so to this, a hot pocket of messiness for my vacation. Right? So this mayor looks at the data and says, we're doing early hydroxychloroquine, we're doing terrain preparing with vitamin D and we're gonna use ivermectin. And the death rates in his region Plummeted. are a fraction of anybody uh -huh. else's and people are coming in from other regions to get treated there because they give you treatments. It's also true in India. There's and then he gets reelected with 98% of the vote because people like that. It turned I out know. to be popular to not mm -hmm. kill your constituents. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting for like one other, like where's the Bulgarian who's like, yeah, that looks cool. Let me do that, right? The Hungarian. The Hungarian, the wherever, I mean, it's just not happening. Like you well, would Well, the think. other interesting thing is, so you, you watch- So it's a mysterious you thing. You watch parents screaming at school boards. And you watch, and you, you watch the French rioting in the street over the passport. Mm -hmm. Yet, 
these authority figures are holding firm. And I, I, I go, what okay. What is that about? Well, so either they think they know more. Uh, the school board's an interesting one because you got it's your neighbors. But, but what if the school board has the state saying you can't mask up? You got to you got to tough this one out. You're gonna we're gonna cut you off from your your state funding if if you let this not happen. And so what if the school board that are sitting there stoically listening to parents saying, do not put a mask on our kids, right? They're screaming and yelling and cheering, and yet the school board's still doing it, and it makes no sense. There's mm -hmm. something so wrong with this picture. But how do you square that circle? What? Well, um, it's incentives on some level, obviously. So what are they? Well, you, you end up in a dark hole. You end up in a dark place because... Um, there's this concept called technocracy. A guy named Wood deals with it a lot. He's actually got a page he posts stuff on, but he wrote a couple books on it. And technocracy has its origins in uh, the 30s. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, it, and it goes back to when we're in the middle of the depression, the capitalists kind of had screwed the pooch. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, 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 uh, the communist types, Trotsky types, um, were saying we have to, oversee society better than you guys mm -hmm. did. And and I even have this theory that, that FDR, while hated by the right, what he might have astutely noticed was, look, we're gonna lose this if we don't compromise big. So it's conceivable FDR, who, who it's not like he was an outsider. It's conceivable FDR said, look, we have to put in all this crap that the right right now doesn't like, but but or we're going to lose. They're going to do a top-down thing, and so the capitalists will not get to do what they want to do if we don't put in the safety nets, right? Um, so so technocracy has its origins there, where they were they were thinking technology, science should run the world, mm -hmm. and then that kind of didn't get a lot of press for a while, and then it's resurfaced and. Um, the idea is that in the modern era, and if you look at it, it's a very thinly veiled version of, of communism. And I don't mean to say that like, you know, like I'm Joe McCarthy or something, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm trying not to, but it, it's common. It's a top-down control command economy. And what they're saying is, but now we have great computers and we have AI, we have all these things. So now we know how to do it and we'll get it right this time, right? This is mm -hmm. the same argument with socialism and stuff like that. Yep. And, um, and so, uh, so now all of a sudden the hub is Silicon Valley and things like this. So this technocracy book I, I read was written a couple of years ago. And the, the thing that's creepy weird is he emphasizes repeatedly how the emphasis by the technocracy guys um, will be infrastructure. And now you start thinking about trillion dollar bailouts and you're going, it's all about 5G and infrastructure and stuff like that. And so, um, I think there could be a goal, and, and, and they, they, they think that the sovereign state model is a failure. Mm -hmm. It's a failure both in terms of risk, right? So we bomb Iraq, we, we get in a war with China, China takes over Taiwan, the whole, and you can see the risk, right? It's kind of one of those ugly realities of mm -hmm. the sovereign state model. Um, and that they kind of view the world, it's my term, not theirs, but kind of as a hive. And, mm -hmm. and the, the unit cell of the hive is the city state, so the region. And so what would you do if you wanted to get from here to there? You would start implementing things to try to, first of all, tear down the sovereign. What would you do? You'd erode borders. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you'd, 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 you'd get people to sort of sign off and stuff like that. Where, where did COVID end up? It ended up being a bunch of mayors and governors proclaiming stuff. Well, the, the WEF, the Davos the crowd, WEF, in yeah. 2016, they put out this classic little video, which starts with, you'll own nothing and be happy. Was that from 16? Is yes. that that far back? 2016 is the first back? time I ran across it. Oh, that's interesting. I, could even I thought it was pretty that, new. I thought it was pretty new. Okay. No, that got resurfaced. So that's okay. number one. They step suits, which is so creepy. We'll 3D print your next heart. You won't eat meat. But number eight is Western values will be sorely tested. And the U.S. won't be a superpower. They explicitly said that. that. So, what is a Western value? It's Uh, individualism, liberty, privacy, autonomy. The whole thing's creepy. The whole thing is so bad that that, that, that you find yourself saying, why would they put this out? No one would buy this garbage, right? Well, well, devil's advocate, though. Devil's advocate. I agree with their main... If you go to the WF, their main thing, they open with this, right? It's right at the top, the first paragraph. By 2050, we're going to need three planets of resources. So we'll get to the resource model. So we don't I, have I that, the... right? So so I, I, I'm, I've said this. Ideologically, I'm okay with the what in this story. I disagree with the how. Because right. I think they're idiots and I think they don't understand human nature and I think they think they're better than everybody and they're running down the classic collectivist authoritarian model because mm-hmm. if they could just run stuff, it would all turn out cool. And I think they don't fundamentally grok human as a concept. And, and, but that's, that's, but, but that's so then criticism, so back but, to this idea. So the beauty of the technocracy concept and, and I, the technocracy doesn't talk about the motivation, which is I think the resource model, mm-hmm. but the mechanism is the technocracy. And I, the technocracy model caught my attention because it's kind of this umbrella that you can kind of wedge all these disparate things underneath that, that seem like they somehow must be connected, but you can't see the connections. And you go, so cancel culture appears. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is a way to suppress speech. And you're on the front lines and, of that. And I'm on the front lines of that every day. Mm-hmm. And and then all of a sudden you've got, you got Biden letting vast numbers of people over the borders, which is really border 2.0 compared to when Europe let all the North Africans into Europe, which baffled me to no end. And, and the reason it's baffling is because if you actually look at North African assimilation into the European culture, it hasn't worked. So, so, and, and this, I don't think this is xenophobic, but it's, I, if you, if you, if you look at, you still have serious sort of ghettoing of the different cultures. They're not mixing, there's right? A, this is an, an assimilation oil, rate. That, this that is an, an oil and water problem. This is not the Irish showing up in the 19th century to build railroads for us, right? They mm. assimilated. The, the, I don't think the North Africans are because the cultures are really so different. And I don't have a problem with it. They have theirs, we have ours, but don't jam them together forcibly, right? And so when, when that happened in Europe and Merkel's sitting there going, zip it, and she's not saying anything and the leaders are not saying anything. And I'm going, and the only, the only thing that you could see was the Brits saying, not here. The Brits seem to always be a little outlying on some of this stuff. And then all of a sudden Biden's letting people over the border and everyone always has this, again, first level metagame thinking, oh, it's to get democratic votes. I go, they're not walking across with voter ID cards, right? These are, these, these, these if they want votes, they can fake them, right? Yeah. But, but, but the, no, there's something else there. And I think it's the idea they're tearing down the idea of borders. Mm-hmm. COVID tears down the idea of a central government because now you've got mayors declaring rules. You've got governors declaring rules. You've got, you've got people following the dictates of the, the local. And then you, then you get into the weird zone. So I, I always said that, 
George Soros in my head. I, I never cared about George Soros, even though there's some pretty weird stuff out there on him. Like Aaron Russo, you ever seen the Aaron Russo interview? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's rather stunning. Aaron was good buddies with David Rockefeller. And the, these guys have some twisted views of what they wanted to do with the world. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think George Soros may, but I said, oh, it's kind of a garbage can where you take all the things you don't understand and you blame George Soros. But then I started seeing evidence that he was doing some of this stuff. And so what's he been doing? He's been spending his money getting local politicians elected. And I go, why isn't he just buying senators? Mm -hmm. Why isn't he just buying congressmen? Why isn't he just DAs. buying presidents, right? He's buying DAs, he's buying, and, and that, that happens to nicely fit under the idea of a city state model. Mm -hmm. where you're actually trying to put people in positions that, that as decisions, you know, San Francisco has an immigration policy. They're not supposed to, mm. but they do, right? They go, oh, you know, we're, 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 we're a sheltering, what's it called, you know, for DACA. Yeah, shelter city. Or yeah, whatever. something like that. There's a something. name for it. I, you know, the old mind doesn't work as it used to. But um, so, so I think this technocracy idea of being technocracy is, is this enthusiastic vehicle the, the idea that the world should be structured differently mm -hmm. and it's a hive model. So it's much smaller regions so that the U.S. doesn't have its concentrated power and Russia doesn't have its concentrated power. And you get there by eroding stuff. So you get there by eroding religion. You get there by eroding the idea of sovereign states, of borders, of, of central power, of democracy. Facts even. Science. Right, scientific Ideas. facts. You you control narratives. You control everything. So that, that we're dominated by narratives. Which right, is you, you, let me tell you about the power of this. Then, so um, it's suddenly the first I heard of this was January of last of this year, twenty twenty one, where they suddenly all of a sudden we're in the middle of COVID still, right. and all of a sudden I'm hearing stuff about how you should only maybe have one hamburger a, a month. Right. And, and all these exciting stories in the New York Times about labs with shiny so, things that are so going to grow. So not to a night. They're going to grow meat, right? And right. then it's a hop and a skip, and it's by March or April, I'm starting to hear about insects, that maybe we should reconsider eating insects as a protein source. Now, think about the power in this. It was just a month ago, a friend of mine in Maine calls and says, you won't believe this, but my daughter had to prepare a, a lesson plan for language arts, English, in the old old language language arts around, this is a main farming community, about calculating how you could grow more protein per acre with insects, crickets, or grasshoppers, your choice, mm -hmm. compared to cows. So if you've ever tried to get something on the curriculum, you know what a battle this is. It's a really long, slow mm -hmm. process. Somebody had the power to float a trial balloon about meat, connect it to insects, and get it on the main local school or, curriculum. Or should we say on the menu? Within... <laughs> Six months. That's what gives me the willies when I hear stories like that, because that's a power I don't even, I can't even understand. Where well, so they've been working in the from. school system. So the analogy I like to draw is that the Saudis in the U.S. made the same mistake. So years ago, the Saudi royal family, which, which are not the greatest folks in the world, right? We know that. But they handed over, as part of their big compromises with the rest of Saudi Arabia, they handed over the power, the educational system to the imams. And then are now shocked to find out that radical Wahhabism is now running wild in Saudi Arabia. We handed over the power of our school systems to the fairly alt left. And, and if you take a generation of kids, which is now probably getting up to 40 years old generation of kids, and you start them in daycare and you start them in kindergarten, and you work ideas into their heads that are so obviously palatable 
but they also have this sort of woke flavor to them at all times. So they, they present ideas about how, you know, we shouldn't hurt Indians, you know, and this, and you know, of course we shouldn't, right? But they, they start working them when they're young. And now you've got a generation who sign off on, on Marxism enthusiastically without even pondering what the hell it means and having no idea what the past says about it and how socialism and socialism and, and, um, and you get college kids who will sign petitions to throw non-vaccinated people in jail. And, and you, so, so we, we've indoctrinated a generation that, that gets them within a sort of a whisker of a, of a, a real sort of totalitarian level of thinking. And someone said very astutely the other day said, don't ever ask the government to punish your political opponents because that will not work in the end, right? You'll end up, that's a double-edged sword. I'm thinking that's really true. But that, that, there's a whole generation and also even embedded deeply in the boomers is this idea that, we sh that, 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 that people who don't share their views should be punished. And I, I have to blame the left because I just don't think that's right-wing thinking. I, I've not been able to identify the neo-Nazis that are supposed to exist in this world that, that, that are spouting analogously stupid stuff. And, and you know, as boomers, you know and I know, we're not all right or all left. On, we're all over the place mm -hmm. in terms of socially left and, and fiscally right, and there's all sorts. It's a, it's a but But there's a, there's a socially left movement in the country, which I think, I think, for example, cancel culture is left-wing, period. Mm -hmm. I, and, and that's because it's, a, it's an anti-free speech thing, right, by definition. So, um, so I think well, they they've been grooming a generation who will take over the reins and sign off on this. It's been a slow, methodical mm -hmm. indoctrination. Yeah. Well, we went from um, punch a Nazi right. to jail an anti-vax person right with no daylight in between those there was no right there was no two years careful slow total. walk across a field yeah. to get from position a to position b that wasn't four decades it was the other side of the coin right. I'm, I'm astonished by that so the the power that i'm seeing is a power of narrative that's mm -hmm. so comprehensive that it takes people who i consider to be very smart very intelligent and is turned them into people who are no longer able to reason logically so that could it's be a, social media. That could be the um, the the profound effect of of uh, sort of the brainwashing of. Well, we know now that, that in the UK they they consulted an elite psychologist to figure out how to nudge people and and, and, and they, I think they're they're way better than even you and I maybe know. That's because, what I'm guessing. Because, I'm, I'm thinking because we think we're above it. We think, oh, I can see the baloney, but but we're sucking for it. Well, see, they've got our out. they've got our wiring down now. So these AI right. programs are capable of doing things at such a subtle level we can't even begin to comprehend, right? So if you're if you scroll a little bit more slowly over something, it records something about that behavior. It knows and, what you're thinking and knows what you're looking at and what caught your attention, and it's starting to unravel Dave's dopamine wiring system and reward center behavior, and it and it'll feed that, right? Right. I, I don't know the degree to which I've. I don't, For all we know, I'm your computer cameras watching your pupils. Yes, quite right? possible, right? And 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 then the other problem is I get furious about it, and then I find myself saying, "Dave, the fact that you're getting furious means that you're playing right into the game. Uh huh. Yeah, you, that's good, you good insight. You are now forming the opposition, and it troubles me to know which is why I focus on the left wingers who are 
we're trying to find the middle ground like Greenwald and those guys and yeah. why I pay very close attention to them. Well, um, this is the exciting part. I actually think there is a movement starting where, where to me, a lot of this falls under the, the aegis of fourth turning, right? Very, and, very much so. Empire just went a little too far and, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's incoherent from a logical standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's incoherence is actually its hallmark. There are people who feast on that and think they're being clever because they do disaster capitalism. Like a lot of my framing for this is people like, what the fuck is going on? And I say, welcome to Guatemala in the 80s, right? This right. is just us turning our own tools of the trade on ourselves. This is what it feels like mm -hmm. when you're being taken over by some force you don't quite comprehend that's very powerful, right? So Yeah, and, but, but, it, but the problem is by the fourth turning model, if you interpret it literally, I think one of our, the year in reviews that you published for me years ago, it, it had fourth turning in the titles around 2011, I think. Yeah. Um, and the hedge fund guys were reading that book, trying to figure out if, if they should understand the idea of the fourth turning. But but if the fourth turning model is valid, we're only partway in. Yeah, yeah. It's, and so, so got, it's gonna get a lot, a lot uglier before we come out the other side. Well, and to the technocrats benefit, if we could avoid getting to the conclusion of this crisis fourth turning period without hypersonic nuclear dip missiles, that'd be awesome. But I think the fourth turning model is, is that you end up in peak chaos before you're done. And peak chaos yeah. just never is good. And the hallmark of the fourth turning is this loss of institutional faith. Right. So, and think about I'm how- I'm already there. I, I I'm know there, I'm done. <laughs> I, can, I can go back to the first turning now. But think of how comprehensive it is. We're like, wow, you can't trust the police. You can't trust the FDA. You can't trust the CDC. You can't trust your doctor. Maybe your hospital's running a racket on you. Maybe right. your universities are going to saddle you with a lifetime of debt. Like, who's the good guy in this story institutionally? Right. Ironically, I'm is it less, the Roman Catholic Church? Where is it? To, yeah, the pedophiles. Um, I'm I'm less antagonistic to the cops than I was a couple of years ago. Mm. Right. So I, I watched the movement against the cops, and that that I said, no, 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 that's not right. You, you, We've taken some cases where the police clearly did bad things, and we've converted in into a gigantic stereotype. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, now it all makes me very nervous. It makes me profoundly nervous. And then on top of what are you, this- What are you nervous about? Oh, I think we could end up in a period of tremendous bloodshed, hmm. right? So I, I think we could end up in a period of, I'm not leaving the country. Where but, would you go um, if you did? Um, I, I mean, is, is, well, is, this, is there anywhere to go? I, I offended somebody when I said this, but I'm gonna say it again. It might've been on one of your podcasts even. I said, look, I'm gonna go find some place where the population is very sparsely populated, buy a house where, where it's a bunch of toothless guys who are all armed and ready to go mm. and all voted for Trump. And, and some guy took offense. He said, well, I, I come from one of those places and we don't want you. <laughs> and I'm going, you know, He's correct at some level, right? <laughs> he does have a point. You're not from these parts, are <laughs> yeah, you? No. you know? And so, but I, but I do have this idea of that, that it would certainly be safer to be in sparsely populated areas, which you are. I sort of am, but the People's Republic of Ithaca has, has risk. And, and if, when I got canceled back in June of 2020, um, I slept with a shotgun because it was right in the middle of the riots, the George Floyd mm -hmm. riots and stuff like that. And I said, look, if this goes violent, then, then I'm ready. So I actually put steak knives throughout the house and I, I slept with a loaded shotgun and my wife was not happy. You know, you and your big mouth. I said, I didn't say anything. It wasn't bad. You, mm -hmm. you look at it, look at it. It wasn't bad. I, they just got me. And, and then it didn't go there. But if it, if it had gone violent, there's, there's two guys in Ithaca who would be number one and two on their list. Bill Jacobson and me. Mm -hmm. What'd Bill do? 
Bill runs legal insurrection. So he's the guy in our law school who's constantly battling from the, the deep, deep right wing view mm -hmm. and attacking, you know, dumb ideas out of universities. He's very cantankerous. Mm -hmm. And so he'll fight any fight. He's played a role in some of my battles where he comes in, you know, the cavalry and, and starts, you know, unleashing on everybody. And so he will fight every fight. He'll end up on Tucker Carlson when it gets hot, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so, so Bill and I are the two um, openly conservative faculty. There's, there's, <laughs> I only know of about five. It's, it's that crazy. Now I Out said of how that, many? Well, something like 1500. Mm -hmm. I said to my brother-in-law as a trustee, I said, you know, there's gotta be more. And he says, I don't think so. <laughs> just just and, and well, a handful. I said, "How about economics?" He said, "I don't think so." So there's got to be, right? Mm. There has to be. For one thing, they're just hiding, right? This, these are like Catholics in the Soviet Union. Well, here's the here's the the, to the good part of the story is I find people sort of waking up and saying it's not left right anymore because there's liberals. Because what did liberal used to mean? It used to mean anti-war, anti-corporate, yeah, anti-CIA, anti-FBI, right? If you're a good liberal, you know that the FBI they infiltrated from the Quakers. They suffered from being too utopian, right? They right. lacked pragmatism, but they were, they had the right idea. It's just like, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. So, you know, get your feet back on the ground. But now, now, so one time there so was a, there was a woman go? at Cornell who got canceled. She was in theater arts. She was, there's no way a woman in theater arts is conservative, right? But she got canceled because she pissed off some student and there was this big sort of semi-national news story about it. And I sent her an email and I her, said- Her struggle session didn't go well? Well, what happened is uh, she suggested, she apparently is pretty bold and she suggested that a girl who gave her presentation class dressed, I don't know how she dressed, but the, the female professor said, you know, do you really think you should dress like this for a formal presentation? And the girl, had a had a cow. meltdown. So she gave her final presentation in her underwear mm -hmm. as a protest, and oh, of course the left loved that. But 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 she got bombarded, and so I sent her an email said, "Look, you know, I, I think this will all go away for you. Um, but but if you do need help, give me a yell." Mm -hmm. And then she emails me some number of days later and says, it's not going away. And I said, is anyone of consequence coming after your colleagues, peers out in the world, anything like that? And she said, no. And I said, then it doesn't matter yet. And, uh, and then it went away. And so um, in part because the, they don't like to cancel the left as much as they like to cancel the right. They will, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a power structure. It's about, it's big game hunting. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, and they will take down anyone they can. It's a trophy. But but they'd much rather bring down a right winger. So so, so when you sh slept with a shotgun, who in your mind were you imagining was coming into your I house? I didn't know. I didn't know. Is it a young Antifa I, guy I looking to? I, I didn't know score if it points? would be. I didn't know if it would be students, which I would rather not use a shotgun on students. That wouldn't mm -hmm. be a good PR move. Mm -hmm. um, or um, or a mob embedded with Antifa guys. Right. So you look at the uh, photos of um, Williams College when they had that trouble where the, the professor and Charles Murray, I think it was, mm. one of the known right wing guys, uh, he gave a talk and the, the students acted up. And you look at photos of the crowd, you can see the Antifa guys. So there's all these hipster students. They're all like 19, 20, 21 years old. And they, they you go, there's, there's, there's a the double. year old guy. There's, <laughs> and there's a 28-year-old guy with tattoos who, who you got, I don't think he got past fourth grade, right? Yeah. And, and you can even see the students looking at him going, 
like this. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I go, those, those guys showed up and that was the problem right there. So mm -hmm. that was my first sort of awareness that there was, there is more organized. How, how legit do you think Antifa is and how shot through with FBI agent provocateurs? Fascinating question. Is it? So think? guys like John Sullivan, right? John Sullivan was right there at the Capitol insurrection. Scrum, I call it. Mm -hmm. um, he's also been at Antifa riots. And so you say, well, he's Antifa. And I go, or he's neither, right? I've been tracking down a guy who was at the Capitol I've got a very long capital story that I'm building. Um, is it the Capitol who I think was FBI? And no one's calling him out as FBI, but I think he's FBI. And I actually went to the trouble of going back to his Twitter feed. And he's a seriously right-wing every topic imaginable on his Twitter feed. And then if you go far enough back, his Twitter feed, he, the guy's an idiot. His name is Taylor Hansen. You look at me, guy, he's surfer dude, stupid. Mm -hmm. And um, sorry, I don't mean to offend the surfers, but you know what we, I mean? Yeah, Sean me. Penn in his first role. Yep. And, um, and his tweets are content-free garbage, right? It's exactly what you'd expect from this. And then all of a sudden, it was before January 6th, his tweets become militant right-wing. Mm -hmm. And it's on a dime. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, my conclusion of that, as I was bird-dogging this guy, is that, that he, they created a persona. Mm -hmm. and, and what made me go back and look is because I recently said something and he was a journalist. I go, oh, come on now. He's a journalist? And, and so I said, this guy's morphing faster. And so it turns out he yeah. was involved in the Babbitt shooting. And, uh, and, and I, think, I think he created Involved it. how? Uh, he was pretending to care. Mm -hmm. And he was pretending to, to, to uh, he was showboating. What, he was there at that exact. Oh, so here's my theory. Here's he, my theory. He was in the hallway with her. He was right, was there, with right her. there, right there, right there with her. Yeah. Um, this will get me. I'll get Q and on Christmas cards on this one. Uh, I, I don't think Baba got shot. I don't think she got shot. Hmm. I've seen the shooting. I have too. I'm going to build a case. If you actually look at all the footage, mm -hmm. I don't think she got shot. I think she might be dead now. I'm not even positive about that, but there, there's, it's one of but those something things. happened. I mean, she bled out on the floor. It was a big pool. Did you see? No, no, it wasn't a big pool. That's what I heard. So that's what that's I read. That's right. Go, I'll show you photos. I'll, right. sh I'll show you my case. I'm happy to, you will see my case. I'm always interested. Uh, the in pool is about cases. a shot glass. So she bled out on a neck shot that turned into a shoulder shot. Um, and the pool of blood looked like someone dropped a shot glass of Bloody Mary. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really, I, I showed up in our, the, our, the third floor of my chem lab one day, one night, right after some guy had been in a lab accident, took a shard in the neck. And it looked like the St. Valentine's Day massacre in the hallway. There was just blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. And this was just this little puddle of blood. And the footage shows that the gun was aimed at her kneecap when it went off. There's just so many, there, there's a million things wrong with the story. Well, what I didn't like was that uh, ostensibly a trained security person was firing into a police. With there were police, and there were the cops background. right there. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 and you know who I the cops are aiming their guns at? They get a little sloppy from time to time. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't shoot at your own dudes usually. And, is well, part it of also the gets surreal. So the footage. Good luck finding this video, but there's there are copies out there. Um, that if you watch her being dealt with after the shooting, mm -hmm. she's being wiggled and jiggled and moved and positioned. Nobody 
Nobody is doing healthcare. Nobody is, is trying to find the wound, apply pressure. At one point, some guy's trying to open up a, a medic bag or something. He's trying to open up a thing of gauze. And the guy who's narrating this, so this one guy figured it out. Mm -hmm. And he's narrowing it and he's just winging it. I mean, he's just throwing spaghetti at the wall. And he goes, look at that guy. They can't get that yeah. gauze pad open. And they, he finally gets it open. He says, oh, look, he finally got it open. What's he do? He takes the gauze pad. He wipes off her jacket with it. Oh. And, and you go, what's that? And then there's this one surreal scene. And it's right there at the scene. Someone walks by the camera. She's got this dazed look on her face. And she goes, they're all just acting. She says it right on camera there. Mm -hmm. And there's John Sullivan. The guy who just happens to be there. And 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 there's about 25 of these things. Taylor Hansen shows up multiple times. There's this one scene where Taylor Hansen says in this horrific bit of B acting, says, they shot a girl, right? And I'm going, you know, I'm not seeing a lot of authenticity in your emotion there, right? Mm -hmm. It really is noticeable. And there's a whole ton of that. So there's no healthcare being provided. There's just a lot of shell, yelling, shouting, you know, pandemonium, but it looks like they're just positioning her for photo ops. And then people are yelling, they shot a girl and said, go down, oh, they shot a girl. And I'm going, you guys can't even look upset. You're, you're so bad. So then there's this Taylor Hansen. The guy keeps going, there's Taylor Hansen again. I don't know why he's saying this. And so um, Taylor Hansen says, they shot a girl. And then afterwards they go, well, if she, if she got shot, she had a funeral, she has a family, and there is supposedly a family. And I, I'm working on what happens. It gets back to one of these, I don't quite know what happened, but I could imagine she's dead now. Mm -hmm. um, but but um, I find articles written about Taylor Hansen's life and her friends, and there's a picture of Taylor Hansen with Ashley Babbitt. I'm going, if your friend got shot, would you say they shot a girl? Mm -hmm. And wouldn't the horror be authentic? Wouldn't it be palpable? If one of your good friends got shot, we'd see it all over your face. And I'll tell you, you don't see it. So then uh, I think Taylor, if I, ha if I have to write a script, and I, again, it's, there's things I've written about that I go, I think I know what happened. I don't know what happened. But if I had to write a script, I'd say that um, she was an embedded person. Uh, and a lot of people know, these are not FBI agents. These are people who have relationships with the FBI. Mm -hmm. One of the things that does, it makes them expendable. Makes them expendable. So you get some gangster, some gang member, something, some Antifa guy. You say, look, you're working for us now. When, when that person becomes irrelevant, you arrest them and convict them if you want, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. There's another stat, a couple of stats that bother me about it that are non-statistically illogical. Well, so how many people were you thinking at the Capitol? I've had people guess, some have said 20,000. I've heard guesses of 100,000. I'm willing to go with 100,000. Most, I've watched, I watched all the videos that were uploaded to Gab. Someone compiled them. Mm -hmm. Most of the people are walking like it's Woodstock 2.0. Well, I've seen the videos where several doors were open. These are doors that have double yes. magnetic locks on them, which you can't you can't open those from the yes. outside. Yes, and, and you know they use bicycle racks as barriers and stuff. There's all sorts of stupid stuff like that that doesn't make sense. But the but the non-statistical events that are troubling. Well, well, and the thing that got me about this, they said, oh, it's the same thing. Like nobody could ever imagine flying planes into buildings. They said nobody. We didn't know this was coming. And here's why it's, it's burned and, in my memory. And war gamed it. Livio and Evie and I, we were going down to Houston. And we had to be there for mm -hmm. um, the, we were flying back on the 6th. So we flew down on the 4th 
And on the fourth, we we had read about there was going to be something. We were like, oh, well, let's make sure our planes don't loop back through uh, Dulles just in case. Or the World Trade Center. <laughs> right? No, but I mean, we knew about it. Right. I didn't, and I wasn't even tracking it that close. I was like, oh, there's something showing up, uh, you know, on the, in the Capitol on the 6th. So for them to say we had no idea. Right. Well, so, is, so, is obvious fiction. So the upload, I knew the upload of the bill to get the evildoers, which there was a congressional bill to go get, and they mentioned white supremacists something like yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty times. Have you ever seen a bill that referred to getting a racial group? That's a pretty weird bill. That's a pretty hmm. unconstitutional bill. But it was uploaded at something like four ten on January sixth, and I'm going, that's quick writing. That's very quick writing. It was dated January 5th. So they had written it. So this was a great, great trap. They set a trap like there was no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, so the, generally, but the non-statistical stuff is you've got nine deaths. Four were natural causes. And I'm going, okay, so this is a Super Bowl sized group with mm -hmm. pulses that sort of maybe working at the level of the Super Bowl. Do we get four dead guys per Super Bowl in the stadium? I bet you we haven't had more than one or two deaths in 50 Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. And there were four. And then you got Ashley Babbitt, which I'm obviously troubled by. And you have four capital guards. How many capital guards do you think were there? 100, 150? I don't know. Right? But not a big number because that's the big complaint is they didn't have anybody. Four of them committed suicide. Yeah, I've heard about that. That. That didn't Four, feel statistically. You know, Capitol Guards apparently are just depressed bastards, mm -hmm. right? I, the, the, so we lost nine people at an event with 100,000 people. This is a pretty surreal thing. Mm -hmm. And so I, the whole thing smells. Well, and, 20, 2020 and 2021 have so far turned into the year when, um, and I know you wear this moniker proudly, is, is all my conspiracy theories have been proven to be facts, right? Mm -hmm. So on, like, like I'm, I'm struggling. I, I actually like being a contrarian. I, I kind of enjoy oh, being on oh, the edge. Oh, we revel in it. Because Absolutely. that's where I find all the good info. That's right. But it's, I'm finding it hard to find the edge of this story anymore. Like to really, what, where where does a contrarian retreat to? Because look what we've just learned in, in this past year. I mean, all the way down to, I'm such a contrarian that the government's trying to tell me that UFOs might be real. And I'm over here going, well, then I know they're not. Damn it. I, wanted, I knew they were not. I now they're to saying they're real. Now I go, now I know they're not. Right. I, it's, just, it's just crazy. And and uh, so it's bread and circuses. But let's let's just get this on the table. When somebody calls me a conspiracy theorist now, that's how I Proud know I'm not arguing with somebody who's worthy of my time. Or they, well, they, they're damaged. And so... The average, I've seen people present cogent arguments that they felt obliged to preface it with, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but. but. And I said, well, 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 then shut up because you, you're about to present a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. and, and you should recognize that men and women of wealth and power conspire. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing here, right? And then of course, there's the people who know, and I'm now convinced this is true, I've seen it in enough places, that the the, the creation of the pejorative conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist model to shut you down was created by a CIA memo from 1967. We, we know that. That's, we that's, know that. That's all part of history. And so so that, the irony of that is just so outlandish. Well, when somebody is, is using that pejorative, oh, the, you're a conspiracy theorist. I, I they, tell them they're an idiot. Well, what do they think? What do you think they're saying? Like, what, what is, the, is that like a tribal affiliation? Uh, they, like, I belong to the smart people and you're, I'm going to other you with this statement. Well, I, I what, think what, are they doing? They, it, what they're saying is I don't have an argument for starters. 
they're admitting they can't counter the argument you're making. But it feels like to me they're coming from a place of some level of superiority. Like well, they they're belong... trying to shut you down. Yeah. Right. Um, they're trying to shut you down and win the argument with a purely rhetorical device, which mm -hmm. I hate. So I hate arguing with people where, where their goal is not to bring light, but to win. Mm -hmm. So if, if I'm in the Harvard debate club, it's to win. But, but, but if, if I'm having a discussion, I want it to be, I, I have a very left-wing friend and we sit there for hours exchanging ideas and we're both very good about trying to sort of reach across the line and concede and, and it works really well. But mm -hmm. if I'm arguing with someone who's just there to win, I, I, it's not very satisfying. Mm -hmm. So the conspiracy theory pejorative I wear with a tremendous badge of honor, I will throw back immediately the insult that they're idiots. <laughs> well, when I said... Um, I don't want to uh, engage with these people. It's it's because I found that they usually they're just boring. They don't have, there's no there there. Well, they certainly they haven't have, gone outside the box. They yet. don't have a context to to really be able to have a constructive framing argument around mm -hmm. something, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what I'm interested in is like. But it's to so out bad. It's like being told happening. you're a pedophile. Right. Just right. Think it. It's like for example, I I think the election was rigged. Mm -hmm. I, I, and, and I have several levels of logic, one of which being I think the data supports it. I also know that I'm pretty sure that most of the population actually believes it, including Democrats. But, but you can't say it in polite company. No, the Overton windows really slammed it, it shut on really that one. It really shut on us on that one. And, 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 and it was shut intentionally, right? That, yeah. that has been like, you know, that's like talking about, you know, dating 14 year olds or something, right? It's just not what you talk about. And, and so, uh, and I blew it last year in my year in review. I sort of laid out that the election looked fishy, but I got to this one moment and I kind of said something like, but not enough to influence the election. Mm. And some guy sent me a nasty email and he, he said, you know, UIV Lee, SOB, blah, 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 blah. And he hammered me and I'm going, you know, he's right. Part of it's because I had challenged, I had questioned whether, whether Chauvin could be convicted. I, I go after cancel culture. I go after the lefties. And I think by the time I was writing that mm -hmm. section, I had no stamina left. And so I think I threw a bone to get myself out of there. I laid out the case for being screwed up, but then mm -hmm. I think I, I, I did a bill bar. And, <laughs> and, 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 and this year I'm going to correct that. I'm going to come forward and say, look, I'm going to show the guy's email. I'm going to say he's right. Mm -hmm. I was actually punch drunk by then. Hmm. And, and that I, I do think, and, and I have used several levels. One is the evidence. I think the evidence is fascinating. It's actually, what's really fascinating is it, it traces right to China. That's what makes it interesting. We're not talking Democrats. Who printed all those ballots that were not folded? Well, that, but, but, but it turns out Dominion is owned by China. Dominion, the voting company is owned by China. Well, this is a whole other, I, I can't distinguish often what's happening in my country from what China wants. <laughs> Which is your kind, are you China or are you? you yeah. um, <laughs> the wholly owned subsidiary of. But so the but, data is very good, but then I get to the bottom line sort of meta analysis. Mm -hmm. Like when someone says, well, what else could it be? And my answer is always when someone says that to me, all the things you're too stupid or ignorant to think of. That's it. So so when I, when I, when I ask about the election, I go, okay, they spent four years doing everything imaginable to get Trump out of office, mm -hmm. but they forgot to rig the election. I don't think so. Well, didn't they in Time Magazine? They said, "Hey, we did. We rigged it. We they rigged said it. They, we rigged it." I they, know. They I said know. extraordinary. But they made efforts. it sound like it was. It, they were doing it for the good, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that was in some sense to cover up the fact that it might come out that there was some rigging.
And so they said, okay, but it was good rigging or something. Well, did you ever see the interview with a guy who, who's like known as the father of all things scanning, right? This guy holds more patents, right? And he explained what actually happened. This was the best science I'd seen so far. He said, you know, the, the, the interviewer was like, so to explain scanning, he says, I'm not going to explain scanning. It's very complicated. I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you that here's what happens to a ballot. A ballot is printed. The printers have certain inks. They have little codes. Don't even have to go there. I'm going to get even simpler. When that ballot, after it's printed, it has to get folded. Right. And then it gets blown into an envelope and, and it goes through no rollers, <laughs> right? And it goes through rollers. Then it goes into a mailbag in a truck and then it's actually delivered and somebody opens it. Right. And then they have to fill it in and then they have to fold it again. And maybe right. they do it the right way. And sometimes people are people. So they fold it wrong ways. Right. And they put it back in this envelope and then it comes in and then it's scanned. And we have a story there. He said, but that art and science of how paper behaves when it's fold is called kinematics. We care a lot. It's material science. It's yeah. material science. And by the way, when you have a fold, it leaves a signature. You can't across. unfold. You cannot you unfold. You can't unfold. Like an old photograph. It's like if you take a piece of sheet metal or something yeah. and you bend it, you that cannot unbend it. That old photograph, you open it back up again and you have a defect that's, that's going right. to be there, right? right? So you said that defect it is It is called easy. mechanochemistry, actually. It's where you're actually breaking bonds mechanically. So it shows across the ink, how the ink gets folded. Yep. He said, yep. he said, so here's the deal. You can even shred those ballots. Mm -hmm. And I can pull a strip out and I can tell you if it passes the kinematic test or not. And he said, because be they fail. There's hundreds of thousands of ballots that fail mm -hmm. the kinematic test because they were never folded. Done. We're done. That's science. It's hard science. And then these people say, oh, but judges threw everyone out because of they lack never, of data. They never got to the they evidentiary didn't, they didn't get, level. They didn't get to the evidentiary level. That's ever. Exactly. So there were 61 cases that the judges refused to listen. Now, I am sympathetic to that <laughs> because... <laughs> I wasn't positive whether I wanted to be in this country if and when they reverse the election. Mm. So I'm thinking, so here, here was my compromise logic. My compromise logic was I can live with the fake if provided that we see some progress towards cleaning it up. Right. But we're not. That's the thing. We're not. We've had these, by the way, this rigging, it's been going on for years. It's been going on for years. years and years, neither party years. says boo about it. And we have this 98% election rate. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not my conspiracy theory is nobody in power wants our elections to be verifiable, not right. trustworthy. You should never trust because an election. they're all trying to get reelected. Yes. You want the gold standard would be a verifiable. election. So here's where it goes back. So I paid attention to this years ago. There's nobody WikiLeaks, the, the talk about emails that talk about the rigging. Yep. There's, um, there's, YouTube used to be filled with computer scientists saying, okay, here's a, here's an election machine. Give me 30 seconds. Here's what you do. Notice we put in these ballots. Notice it gave the votes to the wrong guy. Right? I hacked it with a and vending machine key. And that's been going on key. for years. That's been going on for years. Yeah. And then, um, and then years ago, I heard that Diebold, which had control of the voting machines, that the CEO of Diebold was a fundraiser for Bush. And I go, that's wrong. And now all of a sudden, Dominion is a trans Biden transition team guy, the CEOs. And I go, that's really wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking, okay, so if you really cared about who won, would you let the voting machine ownership switch from Republican to Democrat? And the answer is no. no. But it turns out that the Dominion traces to UBS, which traces to a subsidiary in Beijing. So when I first saw that Dominion was in Canada, my first thought was, I, I don't want our voting machines in Canada. Then I go, but I don't want them in the U.S. either, for Christ's sakes, right? There, there's no one here I trust to have them. And then, but they trace to UBS but in Beijing. 
And so China has control of our voting machines. Hmm. And they didn't like Trump, obviously. I'm suspecting that they didn't want Trump. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. And well, you've seen the video from Epic Times, the documentary on, on the voting fraud? Yes. And in yeah. the middle, there's that guy who stands up in front of the audience and he says, we have controlled the U.S. upper echelon of their politics for years. And he's an inner circle of Xi Jinping and he says, we want to get someone to do something. We give them a lot of money. They don't do it. We give them a second lot of money. Mm -hmm. He says, then Trump gets elected and we're in trouble. We try to get people in the inner circle to change him. We can't control him. He says, now Biden's elected. We're fine again. That's what the Biden laptop's about, by the way. What well, it by the way, illustrates is the capture of Biden. If you didn't like the Dominion guy on the transition team, you probably really hated the billion and a half dollars that China gave Biden to manage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the problem with Biden, Biden's the due diligence president on, on Hunter. because <laughs> because he's bulletproof because he's nuts. Well, he's got dementia for sure. Right. So, 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 if you try to attack Biden, it would be like attacking a Girl Scout or something, right? So, so he's perfect in terms of if, if Biden says something outlandish, and says, "Oh my God, that's scandalous," you go, "No, that's Joe." Someone called him Jalalabad Joe. <laughs> what a great name! Um, and, uh, and so Biden serves a purpose. He's a lightning rod. Yeah. And I think he probably has no idea what's hitting him right now. My no. guess is that, oh, he's... but uh, there's people out there who think the chaos in, in Kabul, chaos in Kabul, that's good, that works, um, is intentional. Well, we had plenty of time not good... to be that bad about it. Well, you could, but you know, so if you look at Biden's inner and concentric circles of people, we, we they weren't sure, chosen based on talent. I know, but we for sure didn't have to leave behind giant stockpiles of operative well, so weapons. When that happened, I assumed we were bribing them. So I assume that we, we, we cut a deal and said, here's the deal. We're pulling out. Stay away. We'll leave you all this goddamn equipment. We'll be gone. You get the equipment. We'll call it even, right? Deal? But it's not working. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, the Taliban is trying to look like a bunch, just a sovereign state now. But we don't, right? They're, they're trying to pretend like, you know, we're just, we're just a new government. All right. right? So I'm going to go back to it. That chaotic pullout for the United States is exactly what China's leadership would have wanted. Mm -hmm. China, they right. didn't shut down their, they're, they're over there with mm -hmm. their magic checkbook. I, I, I worked with some fairly high level people from China and they explained it very simply. They said, look, the business of the United States is war. The right. business of China is business. Right. We come in with our magic checkbook and we get the resources we need. Now, Afghanistan is a world. big prize. All over the world. They have yeah. the last, oh, best Trillions. 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 Lithium. Cobalt. I know. Copper. I know. They actually have a they actually have a copper deposit that's pegs out at ten percent. The rest of the world is fighting for stuff at 0.4%. Right? Ten percent. Yeah. What is this like it must like be it's copper green. colored? It's right? bright green, you oh know, with that God. copper oxide yeah, color, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. But I, we I almost thought freshman count, but I do know that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but that's it's overrated freshman count. Yeah, uh, very much. Um <laughs> Yeah, so China wins. China wins in this story. They get the land route. So did China, is Biden owned enough to allow the chaos for China? I'm having a hard time understanding. So here's the thing. I have a piece that I've I've produced in my head, and I, I don't know if I dare go forward with it because I, I will actually piss off the true overlords. And I call this one, I'm embarrassed. So Tucker Carlson comes out 
and points to this thing and I chase it down. It's in Washington Times. And then there's turns out there's this little little outfit that said, oh, hey, look, the New York Times is busy scrubbing content. This is the this is the the place of record, right? They have they have articles they from 1859. The they do it all the time. But they're scrubbing, and you know what they're scrubbing from their archives? Yeah. Hundreds of articles written that were just pro-China fluff fluff pieces, right? Die you islands belong to China, right? They just scrubbed it. It turns out they were getting a hundred grand a month to write these articles. Hundred grand a month. Whom? From oh, from from China. From China, from the right. China state media. Right. right. Why are they scrubbing it now? Because they're embarrassed by the whole thing. Well, except for if China still owns them. So they're they're trying <clears throat> to undo this, but it turns out it wasn't just them. It was the Washington Post. It was right. Chicago Times. All this stuff, right? So so that's all happening. And the the then you see something like Swalwell, who's on the House Intelligence Committee. He's sleeping with, with an obvious Chinese operative, if we can call her that, um, or whatever. I don't know what the correct term would be, but yes, an, an spy, spy, <laughs> some language like that, right? <laughs> And again, when you chase down and you find out how much money these people get, it's embarrassing numbers. They're embarrassing. I think we got bought for basically pennies, a week's worth of trade imbalance. Uh, Schweitzer, Peter Schweitzer, Peter Schweitzer, is it Peter Schweitzer? The the guy who wrote uh, Clinton Cash. um, Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar. He wrote Clinton Cash. He wrote an. He wrote a. a I heard that's a good one, but I haven't read that. He wrote a prefacing book that was about the the corruption inside the Beltway. Yeah. And there was no Clinton stuff in there. Yeah. And and what I realized was that what probably happened is he started writing and said, "Oh my God, there's a whole different book here," and so he then followed that with Clinton Cash. Yeah. So in his book, you find out that these guys are being bought for like fifty thousand bucks. Yeah. And so they'll put through some twenty billion dollar spending bill to get fifty thousand bucks. And so they're just, you're sending us down the river. Yeah. For, for petty. Penny. It's just embarrassing. That's why the it's piece is- It's horrifying. I'm just ashamed. I mean, it's horrifying. So China's playing a long game. So um, this is a part of my past. I, I get I get, I get, get these emails for a while and I think it's phishing because it just, they're so poorly worded. But it turns out the UN has, actually has really crappy systems. Like they have old COBOL machines pushing out like okay. PDFs, right? And I get right. this thing and I chase it down. Turns out I've been asked to serve on a UN committee about sustainability and energy. And, Interesting. It, and it's a yearly thing where they give out a prize, a million bucks to somebody in the world who's doing something around energy and sustainability. And this whole thing is put up by this really wealthy guy who used to be the land administrator, which is the most powerful position in Hong Kong, Patrick right. Ho. Um, and he's worth a lot. I and, heard his mother's a hoe. <laughs> he comes from a long line of hoes, uh, <laughs> apparently. So Patrick Ho is this guy and he brings me in and he says, hey, you know, I, I use your crash course chapter on energy economics he says i show that to all the people at my china energy fund mm-hmm. it gets them up the curve really quick that's why you're here and i'm just a fish out of water because so, everybody else on this panel is a political operative right, right. former president of shell's on there the right. state oil company of of china's on there and i'm just like this dude who like badmouths people from we'll time fill to time. the stadium with water yeah that guy so anyway i'm on that for a few years and then it turns out that this guy patrick ho was the guy who got picked up by the state department for bribing like he went down a wrong rabbit hole and he most recently was in the news because he was the guy funneling money through Hunter Biden. So this guy's been doing some stuff for a little while. But while I had contact to him, very smart guy, very intelligent. And um, I asked him at the time, uh, this was back when uh, uh, Obama was still president. And so I said, talk to me about what's going on in Chinese politics. I have this whole theory about resources. And he said, oh, yeah, we totally get that. He said, but China looks like it's behaving as if it understands the resource story. He said, of course. He said, Everybody in a position of power, and you don't, you're not somebody of power until you've managed 100 million people for a couple of years, right? Right. Everybody in a position of power has a PhD 
or in a, in a relevant field. He said, we don't have any community organizers running anything. They're not that woke, I'm told either. <laughs> so, but they got, and I was talking with somebody, he totally gets it. He said, we have to understand where our resources are going to come. You have to understand in 10 years, this is how much oil is left. In Long 20 game. years, Long game. here's how much neodymium is left. Like they were playing that game and he was very open about it. And I could see that they're playing that and game. And they're, they're, they're they're prowling the world, cutting not only deals but getting countries into debt, and then foreclosing and grabbing their assets. And of course, this is what we used to do, right? This is back when we is, had a grip know, on Royal the plot Dutch line. Shell. This is so this is petroleum. why I care about this because my country is busy navel gazing and worrying about transgenders. Should they I compete know, in the in the you know javelin throws? I don't know, right? You know, we're confused about that stuff, and China's busy long gaming this whole thing. So I just feel like we just got we're getting owned. We're getting owned. I think that's I what's happening here, and it's embarrassing. So, so the overarching theme, which I think I got from you, or or brilliant minds think alike, but the overarching theme for me is um, you and I might disagree on some aspects of climate change. I'm, I'm a resource depletion guy. I'm a don't pollute the world guy. I'm a, I I think microplastics are a problem. I, I get all that. What I'm not is a climate change guy. I think climate change. So let's say hypothetically I'm right, right? Let's say hypothetically, I can make a case that the climate change story is pure narrative. I can make the case. It might not be right, but I can make it. Um, why? And besides the fact that there's over a, over a trillion and it could be way over a trillion dollars spent every year on climate change. So there's an awful lot of people who are saying, just keep the money coming. That's all I care about. But the other possibility of the narrative is, is that the guys up here, and it might only be China at this point, um, it could be the Davos crowd, it could be the Jackson Hole crowd, or what, what someone called the A-holes at the J-hole. Um, and, and, and that they could be looking saying, we don't have resources. We can't do it. China's this big, India's coming, the US gobbles up resources like crazy. It's not going to be there. So what do you say? You don't say, well, we're going to run out of resources because we'll be in World War III by noon. What you say is you guys all have to stop consuming. Well, let's be clear about this. If, if you're China and you're India, you come together and you, you, you say, the United States is 4% of the world's population and we consume 25% of the world's oil. Yeah, I, that number will change right. on a per capita basis. It has to. Has to. Has to. Guaranteed. Well, so, part of it is because China and India are going to consume more, right? So well, China, even if we don't change. China's already the number one importer of oil by far. They now have a right. land bridge with their new ownership of Afghanistan, if my theory is correct. Right? They can <laughs> yeah, now put right. a pipeline to Tajikistan. There's no doubt they're the new owner of Afghanistan. There's no doubt. Right? And they'll do a better job because they'll come in and they'll say, so you know, we spent a billion dollars on Kabul University importing gender studies because that's what the Afghan culture was really asking for. Right. <laughs> we put a 10% quota that they should have 10% of their armed forces should be women because that's what the Afghan culture was asking for. You got to be inclusive. Oh, my God. They had a press release the other day that talked about the Afghan government have to be inclusive. The Taliban have to be more inclusive. And I'm going, I, you, you, you didn't just use And you know word, China's going to come in and say, you be you. We don't care. Here's yeah, our right. magic Go checkbook. Ahead. We have no problem with the whole abusing people. That, that's, that's fine. You be you, but can we strike a deal for this copper? Right. right? We're really interested in your copper. Right. And, and, and so you guys, by the way, will all get rich. You think those Saudis are rich? You guys are going to be rich. Oh, my God. Absolutely. So, right. so I think they're operating what I consider to be strategically a better model for the future that I see unfolding. Right. 
But meanwhile, here we are in this country and 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 it makes sense the rest of it. So this is the larger narrative. Like, what is this all about? If it's not about healthcare, what is COVID about? It's fundamentally about being able to say, we can now control your life. Right. And we can control how much you consume. In fact, we're going to shut your business down, but we're going to give you universal basic income. Pay no attention to the fact that it's now a tiny fraction of what your former income was. But hey, guess what? You can't afford all that much on this new income. So your consumption goes this, down. This is the model. This really is the model, I think. So in the book, it's Technocracy. A techn it's a technocracy model, ultimately, the, the right? The technocracy, that Wood's book on technocracy. Um, and again, it wasn't a brilliant book, but it was one of those ones that go, ah, oh, you know, it's like Taleb's books. If it, they frame not, it for you, though, it doesn't have to be brilliant. If it yeah, gives that's you a right. way the of seeing it. That's right. The prose is at times even exhausting, but the ideas are too good. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in the book, Technocracy, um, he tells a story of a guy getting released in a city of three million with a head start. And then said, they said, go get lost, gave his photo to the authorities and said, now find him. Mm -hmm. And they had him apprehended seven minutes. So the problem is I see that here. Mm -hmm. Now, China probably did that experiment to show its people, therefore don't even think about anything, right? And they're happy to do that. Here, I think, they're, they they know they have to smuggle the plot in a little bit more, right? Because there are people who think that we're free and open society, and so uh, and, and so there. But but it's coming here, right? The social credit. So you could. We already know, for example, that Visa has shut down gun dealers from their credit card. They shut down Gab from its credit card and stuff Patreon like that. Shuts right, people down. right. So we know that the, the financial system will lock you out if they want. We mm -hmm. know that the, the media will lock you out if they want. We mm -hmm. know that social media will lock you out if you want. You could easily imagine a scenario where they say, oh, by the way, because of crisis X, you can't go more than five mile radius from your house and your credit card ceases to function mm -hmm. when your GPS says you're 5.1 miles from your house. They already have the five kilometer lockdown in Australia. Australia is a stunning story. The, the, the daily death toll in Australia is two. Two. Nation of whatever, 30 yeah, plus million. Crocodiles are killing more than that. Mm. Right? And, and you know, where's Crocodile Dundee, right? Isn't Australia supposed to be a bunch of hooligans who don't put up with guff? Well, I will tell you that, that in, my, in my prior <coughs> life, when I was that rock climbing hippie who smelled bad in a VW van driving around, and that's a, surfing. That's an image. You just painted it. That was I good. know. I know. So uh, the Australian dudes, they had this wonderful system I was really admirable of when I was a teenager, which was they were they had this wonderful dole that they could go on the dole because they couldn't find work or something. And then it was enough to support them in this country traveling. So anyway. So you they, could become a full-time. Full-time uh, rock climber. Bum, oh, right? Yeah. Their dole was, a, was you know, like a windfall to a guy my age back then. These were some of the most hard-ass people I'd ever met, though. But they they've were succumbed. fearless, they've succumbed. but their culture has Someone succumbed. said, oh, that could never happen here. And I said, you mean like the uh, the tough guys in Russia who wouldn't put up with 70 years of the Soviet Union? What are you talking about? Yeah, you can't out-tough a Russian, by the way. Just... You can't out-tough a Russian, so we're not going to out-tough that system either. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is what terrifies me. This, I, I think, and, and the speed... The speed with which it's coming is giving me what 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 the book Future Shock describes, where yeah. where, where 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 the change is so abrupt that it kind of it kind of gives you PTSD. Mm -hmm. And I I have in a calendar year just sort of pegged the needle, and I went from the quaint idea of worrying about them knowing everything I'm doing on my computer to them shutting down every aspect of my life. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And and I, I, we we watched the metaphor I like is when they tried to get us to vaccinate. And for the record, I vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I was told that Cornell was going to mandate the vaccine. They later said, but only the students. But I, my wife had been expressing concerns. And so I, I waited to make sure people didn't just keel over. I, 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 did, I played deer hunter. I said, okay, I didn't hear anything blow off. Um, I can't rule out the possibility that trouble's coming. I, I really am worried about the vaccine at several levels. Mm-hmm. Um, not getting a booster. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I am done. Um, did but, you get but, the one of the Pfizer or Moderna? I got Pfizer. Yeah. Um, and and uh, but their their vaccine campaign reminds me of when Frodo uh, Bilbo goes to hand Frodo the ring, and right when Frodo reaches for it in Bilbo's eyes, he goes like demonic, right? And I go, they just went demonic. They yeah. just did that to us. Yeah. They just they just it's a it's sort of what's the urgency? What's the ticking clock? Well, you know, there's the real, real, real dark conspiracy theory, which I put a non-zero but very small probability on that they're thin in the herd. Mm-hmm. And and one of the problems is that um, the vaccine is not doing what they said. Um, it's not acting the way they said. They they told us you get the vaccine, you don't get the disease, right? Correct. Now it's you get the disease, you still get sick, but you don't die as fast or something, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a big change in the plot line. And it, and it was supposed to prevent replication and transmission. Right. It doesn't do that. And by the way, you would know this better than me because you got a much higher level understanding of biology. But my understanding, part of it getting it from the, the few real frontline warriors on this battle is that if you are asymptomatic, you're not a spreader, because because if you're poor, if you're if you're spreading virus, it's not coming from a bubble of snot that grabbed a virus particle and gave it back. It's coming from the fact you got cells that are busting open and spewing virus out like a plume. And if you're doing that, your immune system is responding, and you're getting sniffles or throat, the things that that. So so when you get sick as a dog with the flu, it the sickness of the flu is your own immune system telling you you're sick, get in bed. And and so I think asymptomatic um, spreading is probably mythical. I think mildly symptomatic is totally credible. So I think the person who thinks they just have the sniffles congested, but don't worry about it, especially so, a vaccinated so, person. So let's, let's I, we have to differentiate one thing. Asymptomatic is different from pre-symptomatic. So okay. somebody, somebody so, who's so you think, going to become symptomatic, they're still in the, in so, the spreading. So do you think that your immune system response, therefore, could have a, a lag phase? And how long always is has it? A, how always, long would it be? One to two days. It has. There's a key lag phase in there. Okay. I once cleaned out for, a chicken coop. For people who are going to be completely asymptomatic all the way through, it's probably because you have neutralizing antibodies. You're still replicating this thing, but it gets glommed. And even if that particle came out, so it's your incapable. immune system takes one to two days to recognize that it's in trouble. Yes. Okay. That's I once cleaned problem. out a chicken coop, and you can imagine what I got exposed to cleaning out a chicken coop. I was symptomatic horrifically by dinner. Mm-hmm. Is that a different? Doesn't be a different thing. Well, the, those fungal spores certainly registered fast. That's fungal, which is different from viral. I know. So I know. It's just that your body recognizes. So so pre-symptomatic is different than asymptomatic, right? So 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 you could call them the same. Um, we do have evidence of pre-symptomatic transmission. So okay. these are people okay. who are about to come up the There's curve. There's a but narrow window. But There's... yeah, you were shedding active particles. But right. by far, 
the the biggest thing is going to be obviously somebody who's fully symptomatic while they're still on the up curve. They're not, they've gone. So this thing's complex. The first six, seven, eight days, you know, the viral load is going to peak about day five and start coming back down. When people take a turn for the worse, though, it's usually a day eight. And you're almost done with the virus. You're almost done with the virus. But now that's when your body goes... Uh, and it freaks out that's for right. some people and, and that's where it goes bad storms and and then there's a brat bradykine and so they storm. try to say oh they're dying of covid which makes it sound like you're dying of a they're virus dying infection of you're dying the aftermath of you're COVID. dying of your body's reaction to right. it right 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 do you believe kids are getting sick no not really i mean to it to a so here's the problem um we're not doing the appropriate testing Right. It, I think it's entirely possible to have crossover infections. So you could have some COVID in you as a kid. Right. And RSV. Right. right. So you have a standard respiratory syncytial virus. Right. So the thing that gets me is that flu went to zero. Which is no way. There's no, no way. way. No Not way. with our stupid no little magic and, talisman well, people, masks. That's what people say. Well, that's because you masked up. I go, well, then how did we get COVID? <laughs> right. If it works out, well, how did we get COVID? No, it's because every goddamn flu case was called COVID and they got their money. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. So there's no way we defeated flu with with our not not I think there are cultures that can like if you're Taiwanese you're you're Japan, they have cultures which actually have legit hygiene practices that could blunt a, a right. viral replication cascade. But right. in this country, every like people like you you look at like the the BLM protests. There's like eight yeah, right. masks out of every hundred people and they're hanging below their nose and it's just like it's not. And, a and thing. by the way, none of those thing. monstrous things ever became super spreader events. I'm only aware of one super spreader event outdoors. Only one. Which You'll like what? this one. That was when um, Trump was announcing the Supreme Court pick in the Rose Garden. Okay. That... We had eight people come down with COVID from oh, that Oh, I event. didn't know it's that. It's the only okay. outdoor super spreader event I know about. Okay. Isn't that odd? Yeah, it's very odd. Well, it's not that odd. It's consistent with it's, everything it's we know. It's another one of those statistical anomalies, though. Like, that's literally the only one I'm aware of. Otherwise, there, we don't have any real good outdoor super So the whole events. response is not scientifically based. The benign interpretation is that we've elected idiots who don't know what they're doing. But I, I, Fauci knows exactly what he's doing. And he still has a job. I know. Is that stunning? I know. And here's the, this is again, another one of those markers. So I'm out there going, hey, look, here's his emails. I, I went through the, the email dump within 24 hours. I'd found Yeah, He was a goner all, under normal circumstances. All the places where like January 29th to February 1st, he's just emailing wildly about, oh my God, we have a lab leak problem. And he's calling in all of these virologists from email, all over the, the world. The funny thing about his emails is they're all blacked out. He seemed to also know not to say anything in the emails. Oh, of course he did. Because he's 35-year political animal, the, the, the political chameleon. Oh, he knows, yeah, he knows that. The emailers who were emailing him were the ones who were being indiscreet. They all got blocked out, right? But, but, but I'd was, love to see the blockouts. All oh, the Well, you and me and oh. the congressmen and the senators can't even get those. Like, how is it possible that a sitting U.S. senator cannot get a career bureaucrat's emails unredacted? Unbelievable. And it's not like it's a CIA operation or something, which actually it might be, but um, it's not supposed to be. And and I'd love to see uh, lift up that skirt. That yeah. would be unbelievable. Yeah. So he had all these virologists from around the world. So right? what should happen to those virologists? What, what Tell me. So, so Most likely scenario, they're playing with gain of function stuff, right? right. Barrick, Dasik, those guys, certainly. Yep. All of that. And but the signatories of the letter denouncing the lab leak model. I think some of those signatories signed off because someone told them to sign off and they were busy a, a writing A few of papers. them, but, but everybody who's on those those Fauci emails. So so this includes um, Jeremy Farrar from from the Inestimable Welcome Trust. Right. Dark, dark guy. Um, that includes Drosten from Germany. That right. includes Kopsman from, from 
a Dutch, the Dutch lady, right? right. Includes uh, um, Christian Anderson. Christian from, was the biggest from the smoking scripts. gun in the whole thing. Yeah. Right, because he actually sent something he shouldn't have sent by email. <laughs> yeah, he so said like, this, this thing looks engineered. Inconsistent with evolutionary. <laughs> zip it, zip it. We got to talk about. <laughs> why didn't Why didn't they redact that? I don't know. A screw up. That was a screw they up. Screwed up. It's hard to redact so many thousands of emails. I guess. Yeah, you know, I think that they, was they get by. Yeah, that was an accident. But I'm desperate to see. But what do you in think the should be the con so so consequence? This is. To me, so so uh, they should have mass culpability for this thing. Honest, honest. So what guy, should happen to them? I think they should go to prison. Okay, just checking. I really, I think there's just criminal. Checking. I think this was a criminal set of activities that happened. So Fauci stepping on ivermectin knowingly. Yeah. Should go to the Hague. I I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a crime against humanity. He's a mass sure. murder, crime against humanity. Hague, Nuremberg, some metaphorical place. Yep. And then and then hung from the neck until dead, right? A fair trial and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair trial and then hang him. Then hang him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, to me. And the questions are, I think no, we're he's inescapably up to his eyeballs in this thing, and it's inescapable that he tried to hide it, and it's inescapable that that hiding cost us. Do you badly. think? Imagine how different this story is if they said early in January, this is a lab leak. It's been specifically engineered, and therefore we're going to have to take extra precautions around this. Therefore, we're not going to allow another month of flights from Wuhan, right? right? Therefore, we're going to have to treat this really seriously. Right. Therefore, we're going to have to accelerate a vaccine development program. Therefore, all this stuff would make sense. And if also, therefore, ivermectin works. See, that's the one that troubles me even the most. Yeah. Is that they shut down a totally viable treatment. Well, you saw what they did with hydroxychloroquine. It does have a very minor health effect. Which is, yes, so does dying. So does dying, right? <laughs> but but they were able to say this stuff is unsafe. Ivermectin, you know, my, de my degree, pathology department at Duke, toxicology, subspecialty. I've never seen a drug safer than this. Right. And Merck never. came out and said ivermectin was risky. And the FDA supported that. Oh, yeah, it's kind of risky. So, so, so uh, boy, my view of Merck went down the tubes. Um, I still have a high, high respect for Merck. I have collaborations with Merck in the past. They, mm -hmm. they, they, they were a special place, but boy, the guys who put out that message mm -hmm. should also be taken to the Hague. Yeah. Um, so, so is it going to become at some point in time, flat out known? How could I've, it not be known? Well, we know it, but it's not known. You have India, you've got Mexico City, you've got Peru. But you we already know places. this, but it's, it's guys like you and I who know it. Right, it's still I. You, well, you know what it's like. Ben I talk Hunts. to people and I say, if, "Do you know of ivermectin?" Smart people, they go, "No, what's ivermectin?" I go, "How could, how could you possibly have existed for eighteen months and not had ivermectin come across your field of view?" But it, it's, it's somehow been kept away from people's. Well, field no, no, of that's view. real power. Again. That's real power. That is real power. So the question is. At the end, will the world finally have to come to terms with the idea that ivermectin works and they were told not to use it and this is a problem? Are we going to get to that point of awareness or not? I don't know. I mean, it's how could you not, right? Because it's just, it's in your face logic. I mean, eventually the epidemiology bears us out. We're like, oh my God, you know, Arkansas hospitals full of COVID and Delta variant, blah, blah, blah. It's like... India, not struggling with this at all. But prov specific provinces in India, the ones that didn't use ivermectin are struggling. They are struggling, right? right? So, so India's doing the control. India's doing the best double blind, essentially, mm -hmm. right? They did some provinces, not others. Well, and it's embarrassing that I retweet this thing and COVID-19 Crusher shows the kit that you get in El Salvador. And it's vitamin D, vitamin C, you get some ivermectin, they give you some aspirin, they give you some stuff. And it's a kit. It's a little kit that and shows up. Atkins diet book. Right? 
like that's what like like how embarrassing is this that we we don't even like that's not even part of our conversation here. So when you go through who did die, six hundred thousand. By the way, that's dispute that number. Oh yeah, that. What do you? But think? even with that, you you look in there and they say, oh no, by the way, ninety five percent of these people had a comorbidity, but sixty percent of them had six or more. Right, right. These people and dying. they were all seventy five years or older. So right? so back to a conversation you had where you said, I know one person who got a bad, one person who died. Yeah, in town. I don't know anyone who died. I don't know anyone who died. I didn't know him. Right? But, I mean, I But know I like him. to look at sample sizes where I can say, okay, I, I can identify this. So I said, okay, professional athletes, none. Congressmen, none. Senators, none. Governors, presidents of countries. These are, these are ones where you say, these would be headline defeats by, you know, losses to COVID. So how is that, that are not just John Doe first pandemic ever that needed a marketing department? I know, right? so, I know, so I know, and I know. what we're we spending three billion dollars to market vaccines to people, right? Right. Can you give me thirty million to do some autopsies? No, no. And let's talk about selling it to pregnant women. They released the vaccine mid December twenty twenty. On twenty, uh, excuse me, twelve twelve. December 15th-ish, mm-hmm. a tweet on December 29th shows a picture of a pregnant woman and says, I, I, I've got to memorize, says, um, we have no data yet, but there's no reason why pregnant women shouldn't get vaccinated. So in my personal network, and I don't know that many people of childbearing age anymore, Boy. two people have lost babies in the second trimester. Really? Post-vax. So then there was a study that came out that said, we looked at it and there's no statistical aberration in the data. And then social media got a hold of it and shredded the paper. Mm-hmm. And what they said was, they said they're comparing it to historical data, which is the control group. Yep. And what they forgot to mention is, is, that, is, that, um, is that the data set was all three trimesters of vaccinations mm-hmm. and, 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 and that the, the historical data set beyond trimester one are not called miscarriages. So the historical data sets only the first trimester, but they counted all three trimesters to get a 12% miscarriage rate. And, and it turns out they were all in the first trimester. But they didn't follow them through for the entire nine months. Meanwhile, you've, you not only have got an authority system saying, we think it's okay to get the vaccine, they're pushing it to the pregnant women. This is, you know, they push thalidomide to pregnant women. We should have learned from that story. Don't push Well, this is the interesting part of the story. Lots and lots of nurses, typically women, are saying no to this thing because there are, many of them are childbearing age. Right. They're saying no. They're saying no. So so the thing they, you know, they like to say that, you know, it's all these toothless gaff, you know, headed wonders. Trumpers. Trumpers. Those are the people who are vaccine hesitant. Right. But then inconveniently, it turns out PhDs are the most hesitant group. I know, I know, I know. But we know they're idiots. <laughs> there is that. That's indisputable. Um, but next up on that list, healthcare workers. And they like say, oh, no, no, no. Every doctor I know is, is I know. a proponent it's, of this. But it's actually not the but, case. You know, I so get this. You know what I'm getting now? So I'm, I, this is, I have to hunt this down. People I know and have said, hey, my friend, my buddy or whatever is an EMT. They're doing record breaking numbers of heart attacks, strokes, Parkinson-like stuff in younger people. Did you see the goddamn prime minister of some country stood up there and he had Bell's palsy? Yeah, that's there was a PM out of um, Australia. Did he, he not like, know he had it? No, he didn't it? know. He's like all droopy-eyed. And did he not know it? He was didn't that, know. Was people that like are, the guy, there was a congressman who had a stroke in. on camera. Yeah. 
But but did he stand up there with his face drooping and he didn't know he, didn't know. he had Bell's palsy? He didn't know. Jesus. But we have the picture of him getting his first and his second shots. He's a very smiling guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's symmetric. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we don't have any we don't have any good data on on vaccine problems. I will tell you this: get, the VAERS is an imperfect system. It could have been perfectified, but we had no interest in it. Just looking at that, we can say that these vaccines are going to go down in history as the most biggest, lethal. most yeah. lethal medical experiment we've ever run. They're already profoundly lethal. They're already that record. They're, They're already they there. They already have that record. They already have that record. What we don't know is what's going to happen. Sorry about your vaccination status, potentially. We don't know what's going to happen if the uh, ADE story comes along, right? right? Right. which says that when your vaccine titer starts to drop right. and then you get re-exposed in the fall wave, and we don't know. you get this hyper-reaction or something. You get something. I don't know. I, what think... the, I don't know what ADE is. I know what ADE is. I don't know, I don't know how it works. I, maybe you could give me a tutorial. Do you want to know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a complicated process with several different etiologies we could describe, but, but the summary of it is is that because you have a low level of circulating antibody, Right. It potentiates the ability of that virus to actually enter cells rather than Why? the opposite. Why? Because um, so uh, there's a, a certain level of antibody that when it's binding onto the, you want a neutralizing antibody, it's just coated this right. thing so that it can't right. do anything. At a low level, you've just got a few stuck on. And there's a case in there where the FC receptor on your white blood cell says, oh, I'm going to bring this thing in here because I see this antibody stuck on here and it brings oh, it in. I see. And now you have a problem because instead of it infecting an epithelial cell. It's going after an antibody containing cell. Or a pres antibody presenting cell or right. worse, maybe a natural killer cell who now gets potentiated. So that's what a ADE and dengue fever. When you have first, the first case is called breakbone. You don't want it. For the it. record, it's, in case this gets outside your echo chamber and makes it even into mine. Um, ADE is a known phenomenon for many years. Oh yeah, it happens all the time. It's right. a well-known. This it's, is it's, one it's, of the big failures of of of, of vac vaccination. When they say it takes fail. ten years to get through the vaccine hoops, normally in a safety thing, this is one of the paths you have to go down. That's right. You also have to go down the you say ten ten years or ten days. Ten years, right? You have to go down the the, the teratogenicity, right? Does this thing right. cause tumors? You have to right. go down the the pregnancy, the whole thing. You have to run it through several cycles, and if right. you were doing it well. You would first do it in a mouse model, then a rat model. Right. If it goes well or poorly or there's and signals. We started with soccer you, moms. We started with soccer moms. Then you moms. put it in, into, a, into a, a, a primate model. Right. And you would run a full cycle, which means gave birth. And then you see if those offspring are also capable or hindered. So in your way. nightmare scenario, time. the nightmare scenarios include um, massive sensitivity to the virus. Later. Well, we might already be seeing this in, in the Israeli data. That's right. That's right. We're so, already seeing that people who are vaccinated tend to go to the hospital less whacked. often, but the people who do are sick, are having a worse time of it. Then you've got the possibility, and I don't know where this one goes yet, a possibility of sort of a, an immune, autoimmune problem. This is the big problem, yeah. You think this is just a big, meaning big if it occurs or big probability? It's a big problem if if it happens. Right, right? because so, now you've got a, your, your, your immune system's responding to your own cells. Right, so here was, the, here was the story. The story was, we're given this stuff called mRNA, and I used to work with this stuff in the lab. Highly I, labile. I have a degree in genetics, for the record. Do you really? I do, yeah. I don't remember any of it. It was 45 years ago. But if you ago. if you remember, working with RNA was a bitch because the stuff was breaking. Like you could make it, but it would degrade really right, fast. Right, right, right. And that's what was the brilliance of this vaccine was that it's, it, it's self-destructing. Yes. So that's the story, right? Um, and then 
The rest of the story is, oh, it comes in, it's somehow magically brought into your cells, which I still don't get that process. I don't understand how it how it survives a lysosomal process or a fusion process. I don't get it, but it works. And then it just your 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 body makes this for a little while. Right. I know of a case, I can't talk about it, you know, how I came by this information, but this is solid, right? This is coming out of one of the top virologists working at a top right. institution. They were running these things where they're trying to figure out what's going on with people from a post-vaccine standpoint, which mirrors long COVID, right? There's an autoimmune problem. Something's happening and people's bodies just won't give it up. Certain people have a long-term reaction problem to the vaccine, which results in neurological issues, hepatic issues, cardiac, depends how it presents, right? right? So they have this control group and they're saying they were trying to look at spike protein levels. Because the idea is they want to know if are, are these, these people who are sick, do they still have spike protein in their blood? So they have this control group and uh, five people and they're drawing their blood, doing all this work. And one of them, though, sends off a hot signal because this woman's blood is full of spike protein. They said, oh, shit, maybe she's got um, COVID. So they run a bunch of tests and they find out no nucleocapsid protein, no other markers. So she just has a hyper reaction to the vaccine. So she actually still has spike protein in her blood. So they said, wait a minute. I thought, you know, do you, what's going on here? She said, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I had my second vaccine. They're like, oh, like last week? She's like, no, three months ago. Alarm bells go off because right. this woman's it's body is still manufacturing spike protein when it shouldn't be. And remember, the whole story was this doesn't alter your DNA, doesn't alter permanently. It's not a genetic it's not a genetic modification, but it has to have been for this woman. So this woman actually gets flown to Bethesda. Mm-hmm. They run tests on her that end up harming her further. But this breaks, if this My is true, face again. This is, if this is true, it means that for at least some people, something happens where their body continuously is now manufacturing the spike okay, protein. Okay, so I've ta- I was bad reaching deal. out to biochem colleagues and one's been really helpful because he's paying close attention. And, and, and he would, well, he first signed off on the, the non-lab leak story and then later on signed off on the lab leak story. And I said, why did you not sign off the first time? He said, I think I was just biased by the, by, by the other guys. Well, that's He's, honest. Right. He, he, and, and, but but I, I called another one and I said, I keep reading that, that, that this is genetic engineering, which is not what I would call an mRNA behavior. That's not genetic engineering because you're not getting into the genetics. It's really just a biomolecule. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, he said, you can't get to the DNA. And I said, you're, you're confident. He said, well, you'd have to do it intentionally. I go, what do you mean? And he gave me some gobbledygook stuff that I don't remember, but he basically said, you could put in something. You'd have to have a reverse transcriptase. Well, it was a reverse transcriptase. He gave me more information than that, but he said, but, but that would have to be intentional. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> Now, what does that mean? And then I I went, I was talking to another one and I brought that topic up and he says, there is some concern about how you could get a cross infection where you could get another viral infection that, that, that mediates that process. That's true. And, and all of a sudden now your DNA is putting out spike protein steadily. And that would be consistent with that woman doing it. Yeah. So it might be a rare case. So, so this, this guy, again, one of the top virologists in the world, certainly this country, seven journals. Would I know his name seven, if you told me? Probably. Okay. Seven journals submitted this. None Narrows of them would it down run to it. a dozen. Nobody would run it. That's science in our country right now. I know. This it's is a one of the top people. So has data in its data and says this is important data and people should try it's and understand this. It's going to get worse too. Why? Because more and more, I think we're going to be funding 
science to specifically problem solve. So if you look at what a typical grant is, you say, here's a big ass problem. Yep. Here's what we do. Here's what we're gonna do to chip at this problem, give us the goddamn money. If there is no big problem, you don't get the money. Mm -hmm. If it looks like you are going to show it's not a big problem, you're not gonna get the money. This is why, for example, climate change has been narrowed down to only people willing to say it's serious. Mm -hmm. you, if, you, if, if, if you have done any science that says that climate change is not real, you're not funded anymore, period. And even my friends who believe it say, yeah, that would be true. They, mm -hmm. they totally concede that point. So, so now the scientists, the viable scientists, through a phenomenal selection pressure, are, are only believers. That's it. Or, or only believers or those willing to profess to believe, right? And that's a fundamental problem. You know, Einstein doubted quantum mechanics and he held their feet to the flames and he said, prove it to me, prove it to me. So he did a lot for quantum mechanics by saying, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. um, so well, what's gonna happen is now, funding. we're gonna get more and more of this targeted science, which at one level makes sense to me because I think you know academics can go off with their eggheads into an oblivious space. Um, but again, my program, you couldn't have seen coming easily that we would find a massively central niche in pharma. In fact, my program director at NIH once said, he said, when I need to sell basic research to the higher authorities, your program is it. Mm -hmm. Because we did what was considered at the onset, not only fundamental research, but I was told you won't get funded. And then I put up 21 straight grants in a row, which turns out to be about a 10 to the 13th probability, right? It's a very mm -hmm. rare thing to do. And, and, and part of it's because what we did did impact pharma and, and, and did so uniquely. And it, it's not that it was especially it's just we're the only ones willing to do it. And I think everyone else said, oh, you'll never get funded. I'm not touching that stuff. And it turned out Merck and I've, I've collaborated with Merck and Pfizer and Genentech and BMS and, 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 uh, and Santa Fe Aventis and a whole bunch, whole bunch. And, and I don't think people saw that coming. Nowadays, everything is targeted. And I think what's gonna happen is when it's it, it gets targeted because it's political and then it gets funded because it's targeted and therefore the, the politics to, to, to research this connection is gonna keep getting stronger. I've heard that this is um, uh, Pope Fauci. I mean, he, he is the godfather of his purse strings. Like I've heard from somebody who's pretty deep into the whole system said, you know, is he loved by the left or the right? And the answer is yes. They, they, they both have to kneel at his, his altar because he's done a fabulous job. It's like Greenspan. Of, of doling the funds, right? It's right. like, hey, Republican senator from Missouri, it sure would be a shame if your teaching university lost half its funding. Right. That would be a real shame, wouldn't it? Right. And there so were, that's how there the game guys is that, There were guys at NSF and places like that that had that kind of power. Mm -hmm. And one day I gave one of them real guff in an open forum. And, and some prominent Berkeley professor said to me, he's older than me, he said, you're the only guy willing to say what the rest of us are thinking. Mm. And part of it's because I knew he'd never give me money. And I said, look, you, you just found a bunch of referees for that thing and you, you, you cooked it. Mm. I called him right out on something. And, uh, but I was never gonna get a grant from him. Mm -mm. And, uh, and so, uh, so it's gonna get worse. Um, anytime politics and science mixes, you get politics, not science. Um, and, and, and the COVID story is an extraordinary window into that world. Climate change is a window into that world. I have no trouble imagining within the COVID story and within the climate change story, there really are legitimate concerns, but I, I don't, it's the worms in the spaghetti, Johnny Cochran style. I no longer know how to 
filter out the worms to get the spaghetti. And so it's, it's really quite a mess. Hmm. So the overarching question is who's controlling all this? Who, what's the big, what's the big they? Well, Who are the big they? So, so let's go. So we are seeing inflation right now. It's actually pretty strong, oh, right? Seeing PPI profound. of one, 1.1 1. 1 a month over month is like a 12, 13% annualized rate. Oh, that's huge. that's huge. 1974 style, like yeah, awesomeness. Only there's no capacity to raise interest rates. So, right. so big question what forces the Fed's hand to do anything other than what they've been doing, which is just throw more money in? Is there anything uh, to stop this? I mean, do we just go Death Star nuclear and blow apart? I, yeah, I think it becomes a mushroom cloud. I think what happens, what eventually happens is you end up with a catastrophic financial event. Mm -hmm. I think it has to be. Um, well, you, you want, want my want my ultra conspiracy theory? Go for it. So uh, there was No, a, we, I don't endorse conspiracy theories. There was a right? guy who wrote into... Charles Hughes Smith site left a comment out in public. There's a guy I know who goes to China all the time. He's got special status, like he does like right. really cool stuff and works with manufacturing. And both of them have a story which says that the firms in China have been have been given the edict from on high to slow roll the orders to the US. So if they get an order, if they even answer, so another guy so was saying- So supply chain problem. They're, they're squeezing the supply chain. Well, so also what they have, theory. pipelines, they, they drop a ship in the Suez Canal, right? There's a whole lot of pipeline so, events So imagine this is a one-two punch. First, you slow roll the US so you, we get cost push inflation. It just happens, right? There's not enough washing machines or chips. Right, right. And next thing chips, you know, cars are expensive and washing machines are expensive. So you do the cost push and you create enough inflation. And then all of a sudden the Fed has to do something. Right. They have to raise rates, but they can't. That's when I take my trillion dollar war chest and I start dumping treasury bonds. And, the, and we have one of two choices then as the country. We either buy them. Which we will. Which means we have to print money to do that, though. I know. I know. Which means the dollar starts to fall. And then right. you have a real Hobbesian Hobbs choice. Reserves currency problem. What do you do then? That's I what I, I don't know. How's that for a conspiracy well, theory? So, well, so that, the same question is. I think that would be smart. The same somebody... question is, you've got stage four liver cancer. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And the answer is you put your affairs together. Right. So, so, so it's, it's sometimes it's not even a Hobson's choice. There is no choice. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. Great. Right. Fantastic. <laughs>